Turn your alarm telephones off. Good Monday morning, everyone. Oh, it's going to be a really exciting and hilarious show today. But you guys listening to Author Talk with me, Amy Fern and Russell. And our lovely guest today is Diane. So let's just throw into the weekend, shall we? Because it was exciting. So last week after Author Talk, right? So I'm getting my backyard redone this Thursday because I have a drainage issue. So we're getting it like re-graded and stuff like that. So we have a bunch of pavers that we thought were going to fix the problem. Well, <laughs> I've decided, or I did last week, I'm going to move all those damn pavers and clean them by myself. And they're the big, huge square ones. We probably had about 80 of them, right? And you know, in Texas, we have this massive heat wave going through where right now it feels like 115 outside. It's like 103, 104 actually. And I moved all 80 of them and rinsed them off while my husband was at work. Okay? You're such a badass. I am. That's of course you what did. I did. Why didn't you just power wash them? What's wrong I had with to you? pick them up. They were recessed into the ground. So I had to dig underneath them and leverage them to get them up. Right. And then clean them. So I did that last week. And then on Saturday was mine and Josh's seven year anniversary, but we've been together almost 10 years, 10 years in August. Um, so we celebrated that. And then there was Father's Day on Sunday. And so we spent the time with Josh. The kids made him number one dad and a bunch of glitter, right? Because I have girls. So it was glitter galore. Um, but we did all of that and just, you know, did things that he enjoyed. But he also had a daughter daddy date on Friday. Hey, on Friday and kind of spent time with the girls and everything like that. So it was fun and exciting. And now we're going to get the yard done and I don't have to be out sweating my ass off lifting pavers. Okay. So, so your Father's Day gift to him, Amy, was that you cleaned all those 80 things and didn't try to wait for him to get home from work. That right. was your well, gift. It Yes. it Yes. And then I also got him a watch and then some kind of sprinkler wireless control panel. Uh, I don't know, a rancho or something like that is what I got him also. But yes, moving those pavers because he was at work and I didn't want to wait and do it on Saturday because we had to also take down the playground and then we need to move the tramp the trampoline, which I cannot do by myself because I'm only five foot, y'all. And it's a big ass trampoline. So <laughs> that's what I did in a nutshell. So what the hell did everybody else do? Who wants to go first? Well, I'll go. Then okay. We spoke for uh, so we went to the Mount Blue Ridge Mountains this weekend, and on Friday or Saturday, I can't remember which Friday, uh, we were. I was hanging out at a cigar bar in Blue Ridge, Georgia, up in the mountains, and there was this guy named Glendon there that I started talking to, and he pulled out a box of real Cuban cigars Ooh. and gave me one. And we were smoking Cubans at this Smoky Bear cigar bar, Blue Ridge. And as we started, we were talking about books and our past. And it turns out that we both grew up in the same town, Amarillo in Texas at the same time. Wow. And that's weird. Yeah, that's, that's weird. The world is a small place. I mean, it's incredible. 
Yeah. That is well, very cool. Cuban cigars. I am oh, jealous. I'm jealous. They were so good. I love it. I love it. What did everybody else do? Fern, do you want to go? Sure. So I jumped into the annual June retreat that Max hosts. You know, usually I marathon and do both sessions, but this year I taught some summer camps. And so I'm only doing the last part of June, but I started working on book two of Love's Call. And I've got like the first couple of, of, of chapters done. And um, book two of United Vidin is with Max right now. So today I get to hear his thoughts on it. That manuscript is ready. And so hopefully by, you know, mid-July, I'll have finished all those tweaks and it can go off, off to the next session and, you know, and I can just concentrate on the next book because I'm ready. So what's this thing you were showing us while you were talking? What is that? This is my little pointer finger. You see my little finger pointer? You see? Isn't it cute? I, I got it. That. I awesome. got it. Yeah. I was going to use, I was going to use my little wand, but it's <laughs> not as, as clearly visible. See, I feel like, I feel like the little hand is significantly better than my little wand. What do you guys think? I think so. Right? I don't think you shouldn't use either one of them. You're like, no? <laughs> What's easier than trying to go like this and being I thought for a while she was giving us the finger. I didn't know what she was doing. I just figured, because they're sitting behind me, so I'm like pointing to them. That's my book one of series one. That's my book one of side series. Yes. Because, you know, some of us, our brains just don't work that linearly. But but that's what I've been doing. And my brother came, you know, to celebrate my dad for, for Father's Day. We celebrated him yesterday. And why they brought me these really adorable little cactus, okay, these little cacti that are in magenta and purple, okay? Nice. And so she, Marielle says that all I got to do is put a little bit of water every two weeks and it should survive. I don't know. I've killed everything that is. A yeah. Plant, okay? They were just saying that you kill everything. That's what that gift says. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, sh we shall see. I don't know. Cactus are hardy. They might survive burn. I, I just don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I will keep y'all posted. So what's um, happening in Alberta, Canada? Diane? Yeah, Diane. I know, right? I started out a couple weeks ago in Ontario, Canada, and packed my car, packed my two cats, and here I am in Alberta, um, the land of the forest fires lately, but um, we actually have had a lot of rain the last couple of days, and actually there's snow north of us today, so hopefully that'll put out those fires and there'll be less smoke going everywhere. Wow. I don't know. Mm, yeah. I'll take my 115 degree heat over snow any day, to be completely honest. I don't, I don't, like Russell, you were saying you had to put on a hoodie and it's raining where you are. Like that doesn't when I was, feel like June. When you know? I was in, I know it doesn't. And these people in Georgia talk about how hot it is here. And we're like, this isn't Texas hot. This, this is nothing. When, yeah. uh, I was in the mountains on a river having my coffee Saturday morning and I had to wear a sweater and a hoodie to stay warm. 
as I watch the water go by and the fly fishermen in the river, it, which is a whole artistic beauty thing. It was wonderful. And I want to thank the people that listen to us on the podcast. Diane, you've been on the show before. You know this. Yeah. Most people don't watch us on uh, Monday morning. Most people listen to us during the week while they're in the kitchen or driving back or forth from work. And uh, we want to thank them very much for listening to us. Amy, where can they find us? Yeah, so you can find us anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, Good Pods, literally anywhere that you can look and search for podcasts. Type in Author Talk. Our new branding shows up, which is the crimson red and gold. And I'm biased because those are my favorite colors. So, <laughs> so And <biased>. they worked. <laughs> they got us to the top of when you look for it because I can find it now. Yeah, if, if Russell can find us, anyone can find us is the best way to put that. But you are more than welcome if you want to watch us. We do go live with video in our Facebook group, our YouTube channel, and all of our social media platforms. So you're more than welcome to come on over and watch us. Me and Fern generally are pretty animated. We talk a lot with our hands, our facial expressions, though we control what comes out of our mouth. And Russell, you know, he likes to give us those dirty looks as we are running out of time. You know, usually that's what Russell gives us. So it's a lot of fun to come over and watch. So feel free to join our group or our YouTube channel to stay up to date. But I think, I think that's it. I think it's time to kick it on over to Fern and get Diane talking about her latest book. Hey, hey, Diane. Well, it's good to have you back. And we are going to be talking about your beautiful mystery series, right? The um, So I, okay, I have the question about your character's name because I'm always fascinated as to where um, authors get their character's names. And um, Lakin, is that how you pronounce it? Lakin. How do you pronounce it? Lakin. Lakin. Okay. So yeah. Lakin. So where does that, okay. I've never heard that name before for, uh, for a, a character or anybody. Where did you get that name and how'd you decide to use that for your main character's name? Funny enough. Um, when I first started writing my glitter bay mysteries, this is the newest, all that shimmers. Um, we were in a writing group and it was a prompt and I'm like, I need a name, I need a name, I need a name. Somebody had a water bottle. And the name Lakin was on the water bottle. And I went, oh, I really like that. And it stuck. And she's been Lakin ever since. So don't think you have to come up with something really, you know, rock your brain. Because sometimes it's just in, right in front of you. I love that. I love that it came from the environment of where you work. Because that's how so many of my my words, made up words come. Like, I just look around and see what's around me. And then I start piecing things together till they sound like it might be a word. I yeah. love that. I love that. So these are two sisters, right? In this book, in this series, there's two sisters. And um, one owns a shop and the other one uh, brings chaos into their midst. Absolutely. So, so tell me a little bit about like, what was the inspiration for the sister dynamic? Cause uh, I'm sure that it came from somewhere, right? <laughs> um, I think it came more from the fact that I don't have a sister. 
So I always thought, what would it be like to have one? And when I started writing Lycan, I'm like, yeah, she needs this foil who is a little less dramatic and out there than she is. And Sage is like Miss Zen. She's Miss Yoga. She, you know, and the vintage clothing and stuff just kind of fit in because I love all these great little vintage shops. Um, I've been in town about a week and we've already been to a couple of antique places and, and secondhand shops. So, you know, I love kind of hanging out in those places anyways and putting somebody like Lakin, who was a supermodel, modeled the latest fashions, wore all these designer clothes and then pairing her with her sister who runs this little vintage shop, everything secondhand. It just was like this little clash of kind of past and present. So it was, it was a lot of fun and it is a lot of fun. Like we're only on book three and there's a lot more to come because these two and their new sidekick Quinn, who is absolutely one of my favorite characters ever. Um, they just have a blast. They get into a lot of stuff. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about Quinn. Cause, um, that he this is a new character this is a new character quinn came in in book two okay. um something yeah book two and came in as hamlet who was the sidekick for a fashion designer that lakin brought in to help them with their brand new shop and then when the fashion designer was murdered and this sidekick sat the girls down one day and said look my name is not hamlet I am a woman and I go by Quinn and the girls had this moment of what do we do? And then it was like, okay, well, we, this is what she wants. We go along with it. So Quinn is my first transgender character who is actually based on a really good friend of mine. So I'm, I steal ideas from her all the time <laughs> and she knows it. So it's been really great because she's been reading along and, and approving everything. So I'm like, thank you. I'm so grateful. And, uh, but it's been a lot of, it's been a huge learning curve for me too, because there's a lot of stuff I never would have thought that anyone transitioning had to go through, but it's just been really amazing. And I try to put little bits without throwing things in people's faces, just the undercurrent, but the, you know, the characters are great characters. They're a lot of fun to hang out with. And I love that because, I mean, basically you're creating a real world, right? I mean, there mm -hmm. are transgender uh, people in our world and they are part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's a wonderful thing to see books that, you know, represent our community and and do it organically, you know? Yeah. So um, there's a murder in this book as well. Yeah. But it's that a little more exciting. In my books. <laughs> it's an ex-husband. I, you know, I got a little excited when I saw ex-husband. I know. It was so much fun to write that. <laughs> um, yeah, Lakin's ex-husband was a B-list movie star and has caught her, caused her a lot of trouble. Right from book one, you hear all about him and what he's done and all of this. And for book three, there's no secret. It's pretty much right up front. He is killed and everybody looks at her going, really? He's killed on your property. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this brings in the local sheriff and, <laughs> and a lot of questions. And she's like, well, I couldn't have done this. I didn't even know he was in town. So, so and, and like, because we've already had two other books, right? I mean, she's already kind of been involved with some 
some uh, investigations. Does that factor in in this book in terms of her relationship with the with the police officers already, or or is that you know, or is she dealing with new people? This is a new cop in town, so he's not quite sure what to make of her, and she is not too sure what to make of him. But um, they kind of come to this little, okay, well, I'll help you if you help me because you know all these people and I don't. So that's how they kind of work together. Sorry, I thought my cat was here. Uh, that's how they kind of end up working together and end up solving the mystery together. So it it just makes it more fun that he kind of has to rely on her for some things because she knows all the people involved. Because it seems like half of LA comes to this little little cove town. And um, those are most of the major suspects, including her. How did you decide on the the town? Like when you first began the series, you know, how did you decide the the setting for it? You know, the small town, but but not, you know, because we're used to like, I don't know, you know, Murder, She Wrote. I love Murder, She Wrote, right? Um, <laughs> but that was over in Maine, right? So how did you decide where you were going to put this this series? I first started writing this series and it was actually for a publisher in California. And then the it all got really complicated anyways. And I just went, yeah, I can't do this. But I love the series and I love the characters. So I just moved the town where it was located and I already kind of had an idea what the town looked like and everything. And I'm like, well, I haven't written anything on the West Coast. So <laughs> let's try there because most of my books, um, I have one book based here in Canada, in Ontario, and the other series are based kind of around Lake Erie, Lake Ontario. So Going out west seemed like a fun thing. And I had at that point people telling me, oh, you need to base your, your books in the U.S. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll just keep it. You know, Oregon is lovely. I've been there a few times and I absolutely love it. So this just seemed like a good spot just outside the big city. But, you know, on the ocean and the beach and who doesn't love the beach? And close enough to get the, the, the visitors. Exactly. There's a reason for them to be there. So that is cool. So what is the, you know, what was one of the, the biggest challenges in writing, not just a mystery story, one mystery story, but as you're building a series around these characters, what are some of the, the challenges that you're finding um, as you move further and further into the books? I'm sometimes just keeping track of some of those little tiny things, right? <laughs> sometimes you forget, oh, yeah, the, you know, this character had the green eyes in book one and now suddenly they're blue. But um, for the most part, it's just finding ways to help my characters grow through the series. I mean, you look at, you use murder she wrote, like she didn't, I mean, her world, she is always doing things and changing things, but she didn't seem to grow as a person. Mm -hmm. She was always kind of the same person. Mm -hmm. And one of the things with all of my series is I like to have my characters grow from book one right through to the end of the series. They have to learn stuff. They have to change things. You know, life doesn't stay static. Yeah, I love that. And that is very true because you see that a lot in, in series um, like murder mysteries because, you, I mean, Matlock really didn't grow either or perry mason perry mason was just divine from beginning to end you know 
<laughs> have you ever thought about having, instead of having the character grow, having them digress? And that can happen too. Have you right? ever written that? I haven't yet. <laughs> Emphasis on yet. But um, I, I'm working on ideas for, I'm not sure if it's the last book of my Gilda Wright series or not yet. But Gilda has come to a turning point in her life. And that's what I'm struggling with is, is she going to digress a little bit or is she going to power forward? Mm -hmm. So that's still that. up here. <laughs> it's not on paper yet, but um, that is in the works. So and I, we'll see I'm, what happens. I would vote for the digress because I feel like it's a really legit thing. Sometimes you just go backwards for a bit. And yeah. then you move forward, you know? And that may happen for this book. Like I said, I'm not sure if this is the last one or not, but she's got a huge um, decision to make in her life. And I'm just not sure if she's ready to go for it or not. So we'll find out. So this book you're talking about, this is a different series. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, Gilda Wright Mysteries. Um, I used to actually work in a karate school. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun to take some of the I, I didn't actually use the people I work with no matter what they think um, <laughs> it was fun to take situations and do things and and put these characters into this karate school setting and because I was the receptionist Gilda became the receptionist at the school so everybody tells her everything um, she knows what's going on in that school no matter what most of the time sometimes she's like nobody told me but she started off in the school because of an ex-boyfriend and not so much that he abused her or anything. It was just a bad breakup and she just needed to empower herself again. And so she thought, well, I'll learn karate and she got a job out of the deal. So it all worked. And each different book, um, I don't think she's done a grading in each book. So she, but she's at different levels for each book for sure. And for this upcoming book, um, she's getting ready for her black belt. And that's part of the dilemma is her life is like super crazy. But it's been a lot of fun having her interact with. And again, it's a small, um, it's actually a lakefront town. It's on Lake Erie. And um, I actually based it on a little town I found on a map that I kind of squished together a little bit. But I really like the design of the town. It's been a lot of fun because there's a couple of main characters in there. Um, one of them is like a godfather type character who they call her fairy godfather. And she's like, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't get what you mean. So that's, that's coming out. But he's a bit of a gangster. So she has been under his protection for the last few books which may come to an end as well. So there's a lot coming. <laughs> nice. I love it. So, so this, this other series is a, a mystery as well. Do you focus on mysteries as a, as your primary genre? Do you write outside that genre at all? Um, mostly I focus on mysteries, but I am working on a fantasy novel with a friend of mine. That's once I, get all of this moving stuff more or less settled I have to get back on that um he's basically been writing chapters and giving me chapters and then I go through and flesh them out and type everything up and 
get it all formatted and all the fun stuff. But um, it's been a lot of fun working with him on this because I never know what's coming next. <laughs> it's just, it, it's kind of a neat way to work on a book. Um, I also do have a series that I'm looking to build as a romance series. So that one is still um, notes on napkins, but um, it'll get there. Yeah, slowly but surely, right? So yeah. fantasy, fantasy, do we have dragons in it? Because, you know, dragons are essential. No? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think he has added a dragon. There was not a dragon up to this point, but I think in some of the chapters he gave me to type in, um, I think there is a dragon in there. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, they show up. I mean, you know, they, they just sort of suddenly show up. And then they hog the whole story. So you got to be careful with them, you know? Well, and he's planning a book too. So I'm going, oh boy, here we go. There's the dragon mm -hmm. story. <laughs> it's the dragon effect. Yes, that's the problem with dragons. Yeah. Dogs are the same problem. Same you problem. Put a dog in it, you put a dog in a book, it starts to take over. It's terrible. Well, you and that was the it. problem with this series. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, did you kill your dog? I. You know, I killed a horse in one of my first books, and I got more complaints about killing that horse than I did any of the humans I killed. Yeah. Yeah. No, in book one of uh, the Glitter Bay Mysteries, Lakin actually does find a puppy who has become a big part of her mystery solving. So, yes, yes. You know, Amy went and got a puppy. <laughs> oh, I did. And I'm still reaping the consequences of that. I did it while my husband was out of town and I got a big ass dog. I'm not even going to lie. I got a big dog and I had a little chihuahua, which I still have. And I went and got this great Peonies lab nipple mix. So it's a huge dog. And um, I, I got it a year ago in February. I fostered it and then I adopted it in March and uh, <laughs> my husband wasn't too happy, but I did give him two years. I lost my other dog. I gave him two years to come around to the idea and he didn't. So I just kind of pulled the wife card and did it, you know, mm -hmm. like oh, I'm going to do it. I can make decisions too. That's how I did it. So <laughs> don't be like me. Don't be like me. <laughs> You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Okay, well, who cleans up after that monster dog? Josh mm. cleans up from um, after him outside, and when if he makes uh, messes or chews up stuff inside, then we both do with an emphasis on I get Amy. This is your dog. If he's having to do it, <laughs> <laughs> that will always be said. But you know, I yeah. feel like he technically went. And got that second motorcycle and just told me he was doing it. So that and a dog to me is the same thing. Okay. Like, so you made him sell that second motorcycle. <laughs> Does he have the same liberty to make you sell that dog? No. 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 no I, believe, I believe what I told him. Oh, man. I'm. I, this makes me sound really mean, but I'm going to own it because I know I'm not the only one that's ever said this. Um, I <laughs> believe I told him that if he was going to, you know, get rid of the dog or do anything like that, I would get rid of him before I got rid of the dog. Like it was, <laughs> it was like a whole thing. Like I have no problem later. I will. And I will keep all of my animals except for the one that he picked out, which is my female cat. Like 
for me, she's up for adoption. He went for once her can have her, but everything else is staying with me. He has visitation for the animals and stuff, but he would be the one that would go. Like I definitely would do that. And I've told him my love has limits. Okay. My love has limits, temperature limits, and just animal limits. So he knows where he stands. It's the, the thing. He knows. I love okay. it. I love it. So returning to you, Diane, <laughs> after this awesome digression. <laughs> you can't go wrong with animals, right? Can't, can't. I mean, you know, well, th this is what happens when you start talking about dragons and dogs. You know, they just take over the whole conversation, the whole book, the whole series, your whole life. I mean, that's just the way it is, you know. But going back to like you writing mysteries. Now, um, what made you gravitate to that particular genre? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I've always loved puzzles and I've always loved reading mysteries, but I never really wrote them. I just kind of dabbled with whatever before I published anything. And then I entered a mystery writing contest and it was to write a novella and it was 10 chapters. They gave you all the characters, all the clues, everything. You just had to write the book. And it was through a little publisher in Ontario. And they started off one way, then they changed the rules and said, just write the book, write the book, submit it. And I ended up winning. And I was like, huh, who thought? <laughs> I know I could I could actually write a mystery so that changed everything I was working on before then suddenly changed into a mystery and then it got easy from there so I'm like okay I think I found my genre so I've been writing so um, all that shimmers is my 15th mystery and I've been published with the same publisher for all of them and ironically it just has been so funny I moved from Ontario to Alberta. My publisher is in the same town that I now live in. Oh. And I actually will be starting to work with them in July. So it's been a really fun ride. Very cool. Very, very cool. And do you find it um, challenging coming up with the, with the clues? Like, what is your process? Do you first come up with some clues? Do you first come up with, like, what the murder is going to be? How, what is your process when you're getting ready to write? Usually I come up with the murder first and sometimes I don't even know who done it until I get to the very last chapter. And then at that point I go back and I add in some of the little clues and little red herrings and stuff. Sometimes they've been there from the start, but sometimes I just have to do some tweaking, but I just find it easier for me to just organically start to write and let the story grow and then come back later. Cause I'm not one of these people who can just plot every little detail out. Sometimes I can make notes and I follow them. And sometimes I go, where'd that piece of paper go? Oh, well, and start over. So it's just, it's easier for me to just write a bit at a time and see where it goes. I love that. I love that. Because I am also kind of a discovery writer, um, but some of them have been plotted now. Like I have two plotted out books, you know, Russell helped me with one of them. And um, it was, it's a, it's interesting the dynamic between when you plot one out and when you just let it flow. And I love that you don't even know who the murderer is going to be and you just sort of discover it yourself. Or sometimes I have the idea from the start. I know who did it by the time I get about three quarters of the way through the book. I'm like, no, I like this character now. They can't have done it. <laughs> so, 
So it, sometimes it goes back and forth and changes, but you know, at the end of the day, I do have a murderer and I do have a victim and all the clues are in there and it seems to work. That is awesome. So you were talking about the challenges of character development across books, especially because these are very standalone um, novels. You know, what are some of the things that you are considering in terms of your main character? What are some of her growth areas that you see um, building into the series or that have already been in there? Yeah, well, I know um, with the Glitter Bay Mysteries in particular, um, why Lakin has come to this small town was she ended up getting cancer. And she lost her career. She lost her marriage. Like everything fell apart for her. Her sister was the one who stepped in and helped her out and said, you know, kind of come home with me and you can take your time and rebuild your life. But once she got there, she decided that that life she had wasn't much of a life. So now she's rebuilding her life in this new setting with her sister and all these new friends the local gossip columnist who is also one of my favorite characters. She's just a hoot. She's like in her seventies and could care less what people think, but she'll tell everybody everything. Um, and she's been a huge help as well in all this mystery solving. So yeah, she's a lot of fun as well. Um, so Lakin has already come a long way. And by book three, she's starting to see life a little bit differently as well. So she's not looking at, you know, the ultra handsome sheriff in town and, ooh, you know, she's kind of like, okay, you know what, just, you know, I'm not up for any of this. Just, if you have to cuff me, cuff me. Otherwise, let me solve this mystery. <laughs> so, you know, she's a little less focused on the... Um, the material and that sort of thing, then she is just on enjoying her life at this point. And she's moved to the apartment above their new store so she can take her dog out for a run on the beach every day, which is kind of the highlight of her day. I love that. And and it, it is true. Sometimes those things that should bring couples more together end up tearing them apart. So I love that. And anyway, the ex-husband ends up dead. So, hey. Right? <laughs> uh, Russell, you want to say something? You're yeah, I, I think that's funny. I do. Because uh, I've decided I must have some kind of psychological problem uh, personally. Because all of my most evil characters in my books are always women. So, I'm <laughs> like, what's my problem? So I think and I need to go see you a psychiatrist. Out with women. Yeah. It, oh. Anyway, so that I think that's funny that you it makes eggs. Also, you know, like seventy-five to eighty percent of all books, especially murder mysteries, are purchased by women. So I would think that the, a big percentage you're like writing to your market, which mm -hmm. is it's important. I mean, if you're going to merchandise, if you're going to sell your books. Yeah. And I think there's a large proportion of the readers that are buying your book that are like, good. That's a good thing. <laughs> On the death of the ex-husband? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. That 
I saw that in the description of this this book and I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know more, you know. I mean, nothing that I, I don't have anything against my ex-husband. He was a wonderful man. <laughs> but I did kill him in a, in a story once, so hmm. Anyway. Well, sometimes we kill people in our stories that we like. I mean, that's the thing, especially if you want to catch your readers off guard and you have a character that's getting a little bit out of control. If you're writing murder mystery, you could just knock them off. Truth. Truth. I'm telling you, if, if I wrote one and Josh was in it, he would be the one to die. Like, <laughs> And I think he knows this, but very much like he would not be safe. He would be probably the first one to would it involve a motorbike? Would it what? Would it involve a motorbike? No, no. <laughs> I'm telling you, y'all don't want to know. What goes because up she in my would mind. be, she's afraid of that because he still has another one. Oh, so that's there's kind of a fear of that. So she will never write. She'd never write that. No, right? I wouldn't. Yeah, no, because I I would be afraid that if I wrote that, I would like put it into fruition, you know, into or, the universe. Yeah. However, you know, you say that word, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mine. I'm telling you, I am. It's very gory up here. So I mean, it it would be a very gory death, Demi. but it would probably involve like zombies. You know, it'd be like a murder mystery <laughs> with zombies, and it'd be like there's a rogue zombie, and like how did that happen? Because I love those things. But and that would be after true. he had sold your dog. Yeah, mm -hmm, for sure. So I'm just saying, <laughs> this is why I live through you guys. I'm not a writer, okay? Like, I'm just saying. It sounds to me like you got some good plots going on, Amy. Okay. You got some good plots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do have a question, though, because I'm curious to know, and maybe you already answered it and I missed it. Um, why did you label this series as the Glitter Bay Mystery? I mean, I love glitter. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about glitter. But is there glitter that takes part? Does the bay glisten like glitter? Kind of where did that series name come from? Yeah, I think that's how it got started was that the, the bay glitters in the sunshine. And, and that's one of the first observations that Lakin is sitting having. So it just kind of, that kind of stuck for me. Um, that and there's a lot of uh, fashion designers that come in and out. There's a lot of talk about fashion and stuff, and Glitter Bay just seemed to seem to really fit the whole series. Yes, glitter with fashion and sequins. Oh yes, don't tempt me with a good time. Okay, the, <laughs> the more neon or sequency or I'm vibrant like, and glittery cup and everything. <laughs> Girl, yes, I just so technically wait. Over. Why are you releasing the cat? We were having fun watching the kitten. Just, he was digging his claw into my leg, so it was time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But so, so the glitter bay—that's like a nickname for the town. The town itself has a different name in the series. It's just glitter bay. It's just glitter yeah. bay. Okay. Yeah. I like we it. just went with that. <laughs> it was oh. less confusing, I think. <laughs> it works. It works, and I love your covers. Um. I don't know if we have the, if we can put the cover up, Amy, really, really nice. Because I, I love how um, simple it is, but yet very eye-catching. And um, the first in the series is the critical one, right? That's because that's going to set the tone for everything. How did you decide on this, this concept for your cover? You know what? It's been a couple of years now. Um all of the the whole series has very similar that we have um 
Oh, there she's got it. Okay. The, the dark mannequin kind of in the background with a gown. So because it's a vintage shop and everything, there's a lot of mannequins. And the background always changes, but it's always the blues that are there along with the mannequins. So, yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. So we had fun trying to find all of these fun little mannequins and all these fun dresses. And there's a couple, I think the one for the next one, I, I know we picked it out. I can't remember what the dress looks like, but it's just really cool. I love it. It's a really nice, very classy look mm -hmm. to the books. And yeah, I think that's why I like them so much too. It's, they just, they're very elegant looking, but inside the characters are sometimes not very elegant. <laughs> so do they get to like, um, you know, dress up in some of these outfits? Does she get to like wear them to some events? They actually, so book one, book one, Sage's shop was in this little dusty, dank kind of building that her sister's going, oh, you can't do this. You can't sell fashion out of something like this. And um, one, sorry, he's got to get his. He secret. was like, yes, that's correct. You did not do that. Um. So at the end of book one, there's a beautiful tea house that they start off, uh, Lakin starts off in at the beginning of book one. And the owner ends up selling the house. And because she's got all this money from her previous life, she ends up buying the tea house, which becomes the new building that they move into in book two. And they have a big fashion show <laughs> at the end of book two to celebrate this new building. And so, yeah, there's a couple of scenes in there where she finds these designer gowns and she's trying these things on. One of them, she actually gets stuck in the uh, change room trying to come out, comes out in this big poof. Mm -hmm. um, but, and it's fun. Like she's trying to kind of, you know, upsell some of these people and make them a little more fashionable, but it doesn't always work. So, and now that they have Quinn, well, Quinn is a designer. So mm. part of all that shimmers is queen is possibly getting a, her own little design shop at the back of their store. Nice. Nice. So we are still working on that because there was a lot of stuff that happened in the meantime. So book four, we'll see where, what, where that takes them. Very, very cool. I love it. I'm so glad you're back with us uh, this morning. Thank you for sharing your new book that's coming up. And I see the time. And I see the glare. And so I'm going <laughs> to kick it over to Amy as we wrapping it up so that we are on time and I don't, you know, we don't get in trouble. Well, I just want to say thank you very much. I always love joining you guys. You're so much fun. Oh, Diane, we love having you. You're welcome anytime. You're such oh, a delight to talk too. to you and all of the books that you've written and the, you know, future that is held for you. We're all super excited. So I'm going to kick it to Russell so he can talk about his last minute comment question statement, and then I'll wrap us up. Diane, you did not tell us where we, they can find your book. Where can the listeners find your book? Oh, that's so easy. You can go straight to my website, dianebater.ca. 
I love it. Well, Diane, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and hang out and chat with us. And we're excited about your new book and the Glitter Bay Mystery Series and what the future holds for you. So we absolutely would love to have you back whenever we always just, you're such a delight to talk to. Aww, but you, you, we hope everybody has a fantastic week, a great rest of your Monday. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. And until next time, which just FYI, next week is my birthday week. Just fun facts for everybody. Okay. I felt like everybody needed to know this. So anyways, we'll be catching you all next Monday. Bye for now, everybody.